This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. During the summer of 2023, we'll be studying chapters 12 through 21 of John, and this is our last session of that study. We're going to be looking at chapter 21 of John today. I'm Dwayne McCrary, your host, and Amber Vaden, our co-host, is with us today. Amber, thank you for being with us again. You've been with us this whole quarter, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Today, Mike Livingston's with us as well. Mike has been with us three other times during this quarter, and it's not uncommon for Mike to be a regular on this podcast. So, Mike, thank you once again for being with us for session 13. We're going to be looking at John chapter 12, verses 15 through 23. Amber, why don't you give us a quick overview of this passage? Sure. So the first part of this passage we've entitled, Do You? And it's verses 15 through 17. And in these verses, we're looking at, um, so after eating breakfast, Jesus asked Peter if he loved him three different times. And Peter responded all three times that he did love Jesus, but he was grieved uh, that Jesus asked him a third time. Each time Peter declared his love for Christ, Jesus told him to feed his sheep. Uh, I'm sorry, feed his lambs, shepherd his sheep, and feed his sheep. So this is it's an interesting few verses there that we will look at for us as we unpack that and look at application for our lives today. We're going to look at how believers should examine the depth of their love for Jesus. The second part of the outline that we will look at is titled, Will You? And it's verses 18 and 19. In these verses, Jesus told Peter that a day would come when he would be martyred, and Jesus then called on Peter to faithfully follow him. For us, our summary statement for this part is believers can faithfully follow Jesus in spite of their past. And then finally, our third section is titled, What About You? And it's verses 20 through 23. In these verses, Peter saw John and asked Jesus about John's future, and Jesus rebuked Peter, reminding him that if Jesus allowed John to live until his return, that was his choice. Jesus then challenged Peter to follow him. John explained that many misunderstood Jesus' words and ignoring that he began his comment with the word, if. So in these in these verses, our takeaway is that believers are to trust God's plan for their lives. Our overall summary statement for the whole study today is that believers are offered God's grace even when they fail. So it's a good study. We're told in this passage that Jesus directed Peter to love or to keep his sheep, and that that was an expression of loving Jesus. Help us think through that connection, loving Jesus and keeping sheep. We know about Peter's failure, Mm -hmm. denials. Peter wasn't only forgiven of that. He was reinstated to service. He was restored. His, His failure wasn't final. His past denials didn't permanently disqualify him from future service. That's good news. That's mm-hmm. good news for all of us. I mean, who who in your group Sunday, who in your class Sunday really needs to hear that? I mean, I, I no doubt there's somebody who really needs to hear that. Uh, and we there's a question that we ask in this lesson. I know it's in the PSG. I think in the Leader Guide and others as well, other uh, resources as well. Is why do we easily think that if we falter 
if we have faltered, then the Lord is no longer able to use us. And that's a good question for us to to consider and, and discuss. And and Peter's story it tells us that it, it, failures don't disqualify us. That there is grace. That that God is willing, more than willing, to restore us to to usefulness and to service. And this is also a reminder that uh, we demonstrate our love for Jesus by serving others. Um, because three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He he gave him three opportunities to reaffirm his love. And each time he followed that up with something like, you know, tend, tend my sheep. Um, so if, if you say I love Jesus, the, the takeaway is if you say I love Jesus, show it by service. Um, one commentator that I read on this said the profession of love calls for the commitment to service. To love Christ is to serve Christ. To love Christ is to serve his people. And we know that Peter took what Jesus said to heart. We know he took what Jesus said to heart because later when he wrote to church leaders uh, in 1 Peter 5, he, he, he quoted almost verbatim what Jesus said to him here. He said, shepherd God's flock, shepherd God's flock among you not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when Peter said that, when he said shepherd God's flock, he, he uses the same word that Jesus used. And Jesus said, shepherd my sheep. So it's almost verbatim. Uh, and, and then Peter followed that up with, when he wrote First Peter 5, he, he said, not lording it over them, which recalls something else Jesus had, had taught Peter and the other disciples. When he said, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Uh, that's not how it's to be among you. If everyone wants to be great among you, you must be your servant. So Peter understood that what Jesus was calling him to hear required the heart of a servant. He, Peter Peter got it. He, he got that. And, you know, sometimes another thing I see in this um, is that sometimes God in his sovereignty and grace uses our past failures to develop us spiritually and to prepare us for greater usefulness in his kingdom. I think I've seen that in my own life. Uh, and so Peter's firsthand experience of grace would make him a, a better minister of the gospel of grace to others in the future. I'm going to think about that just for a minute. You think about those difficult times you really would wouldn't and you really don't want to go through those again but there's a part of it as well where you're you have to be thankful you did because you wouldn't be the person you are now if you had not done that mm -hmm. through those trials right. um, you know there's some people who have, hold to a theory that people lead from their pain mm -hmm. um, they're trying to avoid experiencing that failure or whatever it was again mm -hmm. and i think that's what makes someone who's a, a seasoned leader much stronger than a person who's and i don't not, not trying to offend anybody by this but someone who is younger with less experience we'll just word it that way uh, because I, I i'd use the phrase being kicked by the mule strengthens you somehow you know not to walk behind the mule any anymore, and you need to know what happens if you walk behind the mule. Yeah. And there's only a few ways to know how to do that. And the, you can watch somebody else do it, but you really don't understand the 
the danger of it unless you walk behind it and being kicked by it yourself. Yeah. Um, there is something about seeing God use something from your past, maybe that has been painful or just very difficult uh, and to see him use that and bring value out of it. It's helpful. <laughs> it's helpful just to see that he can, he can do that and he will, and he will use it. So, um, so our next question in verse 15 it says, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Uh, how should we understand the word these there? Um, what what, uh, what could that mean? How What kind of things could he have been talking about? Well, there's three options. Um, one is, do you love me more than you love these men, more than you love them? Yeah. That's an option. Not, I, I don't find many commentators bible teachers um leaning toward that one but that's that's all that is an option uh one that you'll uh see more bible teachers and commentators um propose as the as the one to be do you love me more than these men do do you love me more than these men love me and you know it's it's significant here uh, i've just mentioned kind of as an aside that jesus called peter Simon here, Simon, son of John, because uh, he, he's not, he hasn't been very rock-like in, in his uh, loyalty to Jesus, has he? So he didn't even use the name Peter here. Um, he's Simon. And it seems like, um, like this may be an appropriate way of looking at what Jesus was saying. Do you, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these men love me? Because Peter had just recently boasted that he... <laughs> Like they may all fall away from you, but I never will. Like if they forsake you, they may forsake you. Uh, but even if they do, I I won't. And when he said that, uh, and that's in like it's in Matthew 26. And when he said that, the I there was emphatic in, in the Greek, the I was emphatic, and so he was being very emphatic, saying, They may fall away, but I most certainly will not. And so that was the same, maybe the same as saying he had more love for Jesus than they did. He's he'd be more loyal than they would be. And the next few hours would prove how wrong, how wrong he was about that. So it may be that Jesus is saying here, Peter, can you still say you love me more than these men do in light of all that has happened? Remember what you boasted about. Can you still boast about that? Uh, the other way of understanding this is, do you love me more than these things? Do you love me more than that fishing boat there that you just stepped out of? Do you love me more than the nets and all your fishing gear? Because Jesus had, uh, rather, Peter had returned to fishing. I mean, in the first uh, part of the, this chapter, I think it's verse 3, he, he says to the other disciples, I'm going fishing. Uh, now we don't know for sure. We don't know that Peter was considering a return to to that um, to what he had all that he'd left behind. But he just knows he, we just know he went fishing, and uh, Peter may have been asking Peter, "Do you, Peter, do you love me more than what you've left behind? Do you love me more than the boats and the nets and the fishing?" Um, and and Peter did remind uh, Jesus did remind Peter of his call when he said, "Feed my sheep." That's you. You have been called to something more. Than, than fish. Remember, remember the when I first called you, I called you to be a fisher of men. Remember that that calling. Are you returning to your old to your old 
way of life here. Uh, so uh, bottom line is we really don't know that those are the those are the options. Um, the second or third would probably be the strongest way of uh, considering this. When this conversation between Jesus and Peter took place, we we kind of disparage Peter in, in some ways because he turns around and sees the disciple Jesus loved, which we would think of as John, and just asks, well, what about him? Jesus. Peter's just been told that he's going to have another opportunity to have a test and he's going to pass that test. Unlike what he did the, the night of Jesus's crucifixion where he denied Jesus three times before the rooster crowed. But he, Jesus been, has promised him, you're going to pass. You're going to, you're going to face that same situation. And then he is, his response is, well, what about him? Why do we tend to worry about others? And should we condemn Peter here for bringing up that question? No, I don't think we should. Um, Jesus had just told Peter a, a really hard thing to hear, difficult thing to hear. If you think about it, he what he said to Peter is, when you get old, you grow old, you'll stretch out your hand, someone else will tie you, carry you where you don't want to go, take you forcibly. And it says he, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death that Peter, with which Peter would glorify God, and meaning crucifixion, that Peter would would die by crucifixion. He'd be forcibly taken and and to be put to death. And tradition tells us that's how Peter died. You know, that's a hard thing to hear when when someone tells you, when Jesus says, you're going to be a martyr for me. And I know sometimes in difficult conversations, the temptation is to change the subject, right? And, and you know, I don't know if that's what Peter was doing, but if so, we can't blame him for that. So, at that moment, he turned around and saw John, as you mentioned, and just asked Jesus, well, what about him? Um, and assuming that Peter understood that Jesus was here predicting the kind of death he was going to die, then Peter is asking the same question about John. Okay, how if my life is going to end like that, how's how will his life end? Or what, what's going to happen to him? How are people going to treat him? We can understand that question. I mean, the closeness of Peter and John, how close they were, we can understand him asking that question. There's a great question in, 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 the, in the session this week, in the lesson this week, is would knowing you would be a martyr for Christ cause you joy or anxiety? You know, uh, that's, it's a hard question to answer if, if you're not actually in that position, but it may be that Peter is, is anxious about yeah. what he's just heard. And it's, it's, it's natural for him to say, okay, what, okay, that's me, but what about, what about him? And Jesus's reply was, okay, if I want him to remain until I come, what's, what's that to you? And I, I think that's, that's a, that's a gentle rebuke. That's, it's a mild rebuke. If it's a rebuke, it's a mild one. Is that what Jesus is saying there is in effect, Peter, that's none of your business. Mm -hmm. You know, Peter, you, you don't need to know my plans for John John's future is in my hands. You don't need to worry about John. And he adds, Jesus adds, as for you, in other words, Peter, you worry about you, follow me. Follow, you follow me. That, that's what you need to be thinking about. This, that's where your concern needs to be. You, you follow me. You know, sometimes we say, you, you do you. I mean, Peter, you, you think about your calling here. And so that... You follow me. That's that's the same thing that Jesus had said at the very beginning of when he first called him. At the very beginning, 
follow me. And here it's an imperative that implies a continuous action. So here is, Jesus is saying, Peter, you just keep on following me. You just need to focus on your calling and don't get distracted from your calling by looking at other people and comparing your calling to their calling. And when, when I read that response, how I understand it is Jesus is simply saying, does that really determine if you will follow me? Yeah. Does what happens to John? Do, is, I mean, suppose this happens to John or this doesn't happen to John. Is that the determining factor on whether you'll be faithful to me or not? Yeah. That is a, I don't, a lesser rebuke, not as a severe rebuke, but it is an honest rebuke. It is. It is. Yeah. Verse 23, John's careful to make sure to clarify that Jesus said, if, um, why do you think it was so important for him to clarify any potential misunderstanding here, Mike? Well, it's, yeah, it says the rumor spread by, by this time, by the time John wrote this gospel, there was a rumor going around in the church um, that John would not die before Jesus returned. And certainly that's not what Jesus is saying here. It's the words of Jesus to Peter when he said, if I want him to remain till I come, what is that to you? That's hypothetical. It's if. It's not a, it's not a prophecy. He's not saying that's what was going to happen. He's just, it's a hypothetical. If I choose that, then what is that to you? But we know how things get started and, and uh, how rumors spread. Uh, it happened in the church then. It happens in the church now, right? So a rumor began to spread, and 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 the longer that John lived, it just added fuel to that rumor, because John outlived all the others. I mean, uh, all the other apostles died as martyrs, and John lived into his early nineties, probably. Like that'd be like six decades after Jesus died and rose again. And so the longer John lived, the more alive that rumor became. So it's important that he correct this rumor because if John died, if if that was the belief, and if John died and the Lord had not yet come, then that would just throw the church into confusion because it they that's what they were expecting. So it, mm. for that, it's it's important that he clarify that that it, this was a hypothetical and not a prophetic statement. There's a there's a feeling too there of pain. John even has to just explain it. Mm -hmm. um, I wonder how many times he was asked that question yeah. before he wrote that in the gospel. Yeah, who knows? You know, there's some questions that we, most of us get, there's always that question you get asked multiple times. Mm -hmm. And I think this may have been that, that question that John got asked multiple times and he was just tired of hearing it. <laughs> he was mm -hmm. just tired of hearing it. Any other key thoughts or ideas y'all would share? about John chapter 21. I, I, I didn't mention this earlier, but Pac 13 identifies post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. And it lists, it's a chart kind of format, appearances from Matthew, Luke, John, Acts, and 1 Corinthians. I want to be careful here to make sure that folks don't misunderstand that the inclusion of Mark or the exclusion of Mark uh, is not an uh, an effort to cast doubt on the ending of 
of the book of Mark or to pick a side. I know there's debate on how Mark ends verses 9 through 20 and all the uh, post-resurrection appearances that Mark notes are in those verses. He notes uh, appearance of Mary Magdalene. He uh, notes uh, two disciples who were walking in the country, uh, appearance to the 11 while they're eating, and then his ascension. Um, he does it very quickly. They're really 30,000 mile descriptions as opposed to what you find in Matthew where you have a an express here's what happened kind of thing as opposed to just here's these accounts but what is of note is the is just looking at these appearances the ones that that mark includes are included in the ones that are listed on this chart but the thing that's important for us is remember that there's all these folks who jesus appeared to more than 500 total people and it's important for us to keep in mind that the resurrection has a, a host of people who saw it. And many think that the reason Paul noted that in his letter to First Corinthians was that people could check to see and they could talk to some of those people who actually saw the resurrected Lord. And so there's great evidence that validates Jesus's resurrection. Any other ideas or thoughts to share? Uh, yeah, I would just uh, add for group leaders, just a reminder that Extra is a weekly resource that's available to you. Uh, we identify a current news event and describe a way of using that news story to introduce and conclude the group time. So it's just an extra bonus teaching idea. It is free, and you can find this on the Explore the Bible website at goexplorethebible.com forward slash leader extras. And so those come out every single week just as an extra idea, an extra teaching idea for you all. Thank you for that reminder, Amber. I want to thank Mike for being with us again today, helping us finish up our study of John. Been a productive six months as we've looked at John beginning from December until now at the end of May. I want to thank you out there for allowing me to be a part of your preparation the past few years. Beginning next week, Amber will be the regular host of this podcast. I'm grateful for her taking on this role, knowing this podcast will be in good hands. She has already told me to expect to be a regular guest in the future. And so I look forward to being on the other side of the microphone when called on. Dwayne, how can we pray for you? Well, Amber, my new role is manager of the adult ongoing Bible studies at Lifeway. Explore the Bible is a part of that, but so are some other resources. Uh, I have a lot of experience and I'm a lifelong learner and I'll need to pull from that background. Uh, in fact, we're even looking at introducing a new podcast and blog that focuses on adult ongoing Bible study groups just in general. However, my biggest request is that God will help me to humbly seek his direction. He has something he wants to do in and through ongoing Bible study groups. I believe that. And he wants to do that in the local church. And I want to make sure I'm in step with what he's doing. I don't want to get ahead of him and I don't want to get behind him, but I want to stay in step with him so I can lead well. But that's my biggest request. Uh, thank you for asking me that question. Yeah, of course.
we appreciate your leadership these last many years. 12, 12 years, I think. 13. 13. So sorry, yeah. I got that off. Uh, I do. It's hard to keep it up straight sometimes. <laughs> we um, we are grateful for your your serving in that capacity and for all the many resources that have come out under your under your leadership. It is it has been uh, valuable. So we're grateful. Well, thank you. I'm humbled by that. Next week, you'll be hearing from Amber uh, and her guests. They're going to be focused on the ministry of Jeremiah. So thank you once again for listening to us. And we hope you'll tune in next week as Amber begins a new quarter and a new chapter for this podcast. <music>